With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Yes, it is Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. I believe the saying my mom used to say is don't cry because it's over, smile. Because it's happened, and we'll get to some breaking news in the NFL coming up in just a little bit. The big guy laughing, although when I got plugged in by Matt, I heard the most obvious statement coming out of his big chompers, and that was, given the $1,000, I'd do it all over again. That's a little tease on what's happening in the NFL. Absolutely mammoth news. But first, just quickly, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, the big guy. Just doing what he does on a football Friday. We've got plenty to do, including 11 on the NBA Wood. College football, Colorado, Washington State. Amal's got to play there. College basketball, 80 games. I got two plays from Thomas Gable coming up. Three on the ice. But the big news last night as the Bengals take care of business was obviously Thursday night, right? It was sloppy, penalties, injuries all over the place. And we saw Joe Burrow. Now, we told you here on Sharp Money. Watch out for Joe Burrow, and you may want to look to his underprops because he was getting off the plane heading into Charm City the night before on Wednesday, and he had a he had a wrist brace on his throwing wrist, so that's not great. And now the Bengals are being looked into for some misreporting as far as the injury report. Why? Because as you join us here on a Friday, November seventeenth, we can report Joe Burrow is going to miss the rest of the regular season. The Bengals. Where's taps when you need it? The play the where the Titanic is going down, boys. You got Shorty on the bow of the boat grabbing onto a piece of wood and Leo can't get a piece. I mean, what is happening right now? The only thing that is less surprising than that disaster on Thursday night, Amal Shaw, was that my whole entire feed connected with the big guy going, I got to be honest with you. If I had a thousand dollars, I'd do it all over again. I, I would like to say very clearly, if I had $1,000, I'd pick another team besides the Bengals. Hi, all. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He's so bitter. He is so sensitive. I love just I, absolutely I, poking the beat. He's so freaking sensitive. It's unbelievable. I'm, I'm talking to all right now. I'm sorry. I'm talking to all. Go ahead, all. 
<laughs> Don't worry, Dustin. He was talking about me. You're fine. Uh, I'll tell you what. You know, Dustin and I talked about it this morning <laughs> in terms of the Thursday night games. Forget, forget the Bengals pick. We'll get into that in a minute. But, Patrick, you look at this matchup. This is probably coming into the regular season, one of the top five, top seven games that we're going to potentially have. Bengals on the road against the Ravens. Should be solid three-point line. Saw a little bit of a fluctuation only because the way Joe, Joe Burrow looked in that game against the Houston Texans. And I'll tell you, Zach Taylor and company, you're going to see what feels like the season is over. But more importantly, you mentioned the fact that they didn't disclose it. This is a big deal, right? We're a betting network. This is what we talk about. Injuries are a crucial part of it. The NFL puts out the potential injury list every Tuesday. 2019, the Pittsburgh Steelers get fined 100000 75 to the team, 25000 to Mike Tomlin because they didn't indicate that Ben Roethlisberger was injured. I think it's an important fact that has to be distinguished moving forward by these teams because they have so many partnership with betting uh, angles and aspects. And let's be real here. After a while, once you kind of grow up and you realize, yeah, you can cheer for your team, but once you bet on games, you couldn't care less what the result of your team is. Your team is whoever you bet on that week. Uh, you, you nailed it. The injury report is not just a mall, a dance between teams and gamesmanship anymore. Transparency has become paramount. Look, DraftKings is a partner with all these leagues. This is where we are right now, and we're moving into a new era, and it's a wonderful era. But the idea that the Bengals didn't report the injury and deleted the video shows you that there was something untoward going on behind the scenes. Like, they knew they had something there. Somebody in social media botched it, probably fired at this point. They ripped down the video with Joe Burrow with the hand brace on. Uh, that brings us to the big guy. And, and can I just, as a, just a heads up, you know, Al and Kirk are killing it on these Thursday night broadcasts. You know, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Look, we understand that Kirk Herbstreet has a dog. So do I. <laughs> Anywho, somebody may want to let Al and Kirk know that Joe Burrow not playing in this game actively ended the Bengals season. And that is to say, even if Burrow was healthy moving forward, when they fell to five and five after that loss last night, they weren't making the postseason, no matter what the big guy says. So the sharp money, $40,000 windfall was not going to come through. And Alan Kirk just completely ignoring like Browning, the kid from Washington, the fact that he's playing quarterback, why aren't they screaming at the top of their lungs? The big guy, he would have rolled it back. We say hi to Dustin Sweetelson. What's up, Half Zip? I, I refuse to believe any of these reports until Carissa Thompson says whether or not Joe Burrow's out shtick, for the year. Stick, 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 stick. And don't ever send me a tweet with the quote. This one did pretty good for me last night. Amal, he probably shared it with you as well. We, these words came out of a 38-year-old man's uh, mouth today. I got to send you a tweet. It did pretty good on Twitter last night. First off, who cares? Secondly, do you know who you're talking to? And thirdly, <laughs> it was shtick about a misreport done by Carissa Thompson. The whole entire planet was doing that shtick. Defend yourself. Uh, who cares? 98,000 people who viewed it cares. That's who cares. Oh, wow. You're going to have a good weekend. Strangers looked at something you posted on Twitter. Now, back to you. The idea that we just lost $40,000. Somebody just clapped that feel for him, to too. <laughs> yeah, somebody in the background <laughs> is excited. How does that feel, big guy? All kidding uh, aside, we just lost $40,000. I got to tell you, while I was watching that game, and when I, the moment Joe Burrow, went to throw that pass on the sidelines, and he couldn't get his arm over. Not great. One, couldn't get into my sports book where all my money is right now because they decided that was the time where they needed to confirm my identity, and I couldn't use my face to, to log in. I had to type in all this stuff. By the time I got to it, the Ravens had scored again. Uh, but second, 
It was the saddest I've ever felt watching a sporting event, and probably the saddest I've felt since G-Baby died in hardball. I don't even know. I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. It's a movie with about. Keanu Reeves in 2001. He coaches oh. a, an inner city, underprivileged youth baseball team in the hood. And G-Baby was like their mascot, little tiny six-year-old, got shot in, uh, in some gunfighting. Very good recent reference. But yeah, that, Mama, could you that's the point. The that's, the, that's the last time I was this sad was 2001. Gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Take a break. Uh, Patrick, when you go back to Burrow, you saw it last Sunday in that game against the Texans. Some of Aaron throws along the way, uh, and it looked like the Cincinnati Bengals season could be in peril. I'll tell you, this morning I bet the Ravens at minus $2 to win the division because you've got two teams sitting at 6-3 and three with the Browns who are going to be with a backup quarterback the rest of the way. I don't care the signing of Joe Flacco. That guy's a human statue. And then you look at, obviously, DTR and Phillip Walker there, or excuse me, P.J. Walker. I'm not excited by what the options are for the Browns. On the flip side, you've got Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. Give me a Lamar Jackson, the Ravens sitting at eight and three minus two dollars. I thought this price should have been about four dollars. Look, it's not the most ideal play for everybody because it's a long wait. You got to go into the middle of January. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Ravens have got to win two more games out of six. This thing is over in the AFC North. I said yesterday, Amal Dustin, I said I was down on Lamar and I've been a huge supporter. I, I, I don't even have the numbers. We don't even need to look at. Didn't you guys think he was awesome last night? Like, I thought first off, I thought the injury was going to be legit because he he's not theatrical, right? Like no. when he's the type of person that almost wants to cover up because he is slight of frame where when he's hurt, he pretends like he's not. When he stayed on the ground, Amal, I was like, damn. But it's just even the plays that were just there, like I know a defensive back there for Cincinnati kind of knocked one down with his fingertips. There were plays that were just there. Lamar was he was tight last night. He really was. In making, a good way, what yeah, I mean. A, a, tight in a good way. Absolutely. Making the right reads, right throws. I mean, the play to Zay Flowers, they got called back. It was still the perfect play. Well executed. Uh, I didn't agree with the holding call on that one, but I thought he was outstanding. The one even to Aguilar yep. that got tipped, he ends up in the end zone. You need, Sometimes you need a little bit of luck. Uh, but the loss of Mark Andrews is big for this team. You could see right away just based on the reaction from the players on the field and Lamar throwing the helmet right there. You could sense the frustration. But you got to give this Ravens team a ton of credit. I know you've been high on them from the beginning of the season, Patrick. And now let's be real here for a second when you look big picture in the AFC. I thought coming into the season with the Browns situation, they could be one of the six challengers in the AFC. Two um, I didn't think Miami was going to be there. I thought it would be the Jets. But now you put the Dolphins in there. I take the Buffalo Bills out of that equation. I take Cleveland out of it. I think we're down to about three teams in the AFC right now. And I don't like Jacksonville. I know you guys are higher on the Jags than I am. Miami, uh, Baltimore, and Kansas City. Those are it. Those are the three teams for me. One of those teams is going to be here in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. And I love the way the Ravens are playing right now. And to me, they get this Thursday night game at this time. It's a pretty good time. You're getting a few additional days rest. You've got a big game on Christmas against the 49ers. But the schedule's pretty decent. They can manage it. They're at the Chargers a week from Sunday. This team is in good shape to potentially wind up with the best record in the AFC. Now, done clowning the big guy, I totally agree with you. Sports betting is about getting it in the best, getting it in the best of it, and like we got it in at the like that price at 40 to 1. That to me at that time was the best of it. But so that we wouldn't have done anything differently. Them's the breaks, and that's the way it works. And how about the way the rest of the division looks now, as Amal pointed out? Do you realize the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win 10 or 11 games now? They still have to face the Bengals twice. 
They have the Browns this week. They have Arizona, New England, Indianapolis, then close at Seattle and Baltimore. Even if they lose those last two, they're winning 10 games. They're going to the postseason again. Ugh. It's a great first-round matchup if you're uh, Miami or Jacksonville. <laughs> but all right, so, but the point on last night, one big thing did happen when Andrews went down, and it's that a lot of receivers stepped up. Apparently, Odell Beckham still has a little bit left in that tank. It kind of shocked me. I thought he was toast. Uh, but a lot of receivers stepped up and made plays for them, and they've desperately needed that outside presence. They just need now Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler from Iowa State to do something in replacing Andrews, which – God, that's as big of a loss as we're going to see from a Super Bowl. And Andrews contender. was going to have how many, what, 10 doubles and yeah. receptions oh. last night? Dude, right? it was going to be a cooking. monster prop night. Lamar got there with his attempts and with his yards. And then Andrews, we had over receptions and yards. And he looked like he was going to go over it on the second drive. He just didn't make it to the second drive. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened, boys. We had a good run with the Bengals. If you're just joining us, Joe Burrow, done for the rest of the season. And so are the Bengals. We'll come back and hear from John Harbaugh and Zach Taylor. Sharp money on a Friday. RIPG, baby. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, as we welcome you back on a football Friday. Mike Samich in the third hour. We will run the NFL board as we do on a Friday. Brock Heward canceled. That's on the big guy. But we are excited to have Mike Randall back. Straight back from the volleyball competition, FTN. Make sure you check out FTN for all your betting and fantasy needs. Network chief content officer, that is Mike Randall, at Randall Rant on Twitter. Does a great job with the analysis. Uh, We've got a bunch of plays from you, not just NFL and college basketball, as we say hi, Mike. But let's start with the breaking news out of the NFL. We had 40 to 1 Bengals as a show to win the Super Bowl with the $1,000 free roll. That is done, Mr. Randall, as Joe Burrow has officially been ruled out for the year. Yeah, was not on the Bengals this year, guys. I thought the regression was coming, which I thought was going to come last year when they had their post Super Bowl year, but they ended up playing well. Defense lost a lot, offense was concerned about the efficiency in the running game. Of course, this is a bad luck here, but that is a brutal division. Really, it was a four-way battle. Now they have to reset for next year because, obviously, Jake Browning is going to be rough moving forward. So, Bengals, see you next year, folks. <laughs> Mike, let's get into some of your plays here. Let's stay in the AFC North. You've got a matchup between the Steelers and the Browns, and you like one side on this one. Where do you come out in this matchup? Yeah, we're going with the Steelers, guys. And listen, I understand they've been very lucky the entire year. They've had, uh, they've been outgained in every single game. They're the only team in NFL history that has been outgained in every single game through nine weeks that has a winning record. But look what we get here. We get Dorian Thompson-Robinson. We get an offensive line for the Browns that is really struggling in terms of injuries and personnel. And here's my favorite two stats here from Bet Labs. Number one. 28, 11, and 1 is what Mike Tomlin is against the spread in November and later. And folks, in games that late in the year against AFC North opponents, Mike Tomlin against the spread, 17, 3, and 1. That's 85%. I like the Steelers team. I know the Browns have a solid defense. We have a 7.7% edge here at FTN. Edges are hitting over 60% this year at FTN with our betting models. Pittsburgh plus one and a half to win out right even at Cleveland against the Dorian Thompson Robinson led Browns. Tremendous insight. Mike Randall joining. Let's talk about Vegas who have won two straight at Miami. The home away splits for Miami are glaring. Mike, as you know, they play much better at home. Looks like the running back aching could be coming back for the dolphins as well. You bet this at 12 and a half. I do see a 12 and a half in the market. Most showing 13 and a half right now with Miami laying it. Yeah, I'm laying it. I'm sorry. I can't get here with the Raiders. Antonio Pierce had a couple of good games, rallied the team. But you have Miami coming off a bye week, coming off a game against the Chiefs. They had some injuries. Jalen Waddell had a chance to get healthy. The explosiveness of the passing game at home. Here comes A-Chain coming back. Mostert should be fine. Aiden O'Connell on the road, enough. Devontae Adams has been a shell of himself. Only three times he's gotten over 75 yards this year or more. Don't like it. Don't like the Raiders. You want to say this is starts like the Carolina game against the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, and maybe the Raiders score early. No problem here. I'm laying it. 
double two touchdown win for the Dolphins who need this and they're home. This is the better split for them like the Dolphins here. I'll lay the big number. Yeah, betters tend to agree with you. Line's gone up from 12 and a half to 13 and a half. Let's go to SoFi Stadium revenge game here for the Seahawks. You've got two plays in this particular matchup. The Rams won the first one September 10th up in Seattle. Now at home, they're catching a point in total 46 and a half. Yeah, I like the Rams in this spot. They played without Cooper Cup the first game of the year, and the Rams won. I think the Seahawks are a little overrated. Sean McVay historically has done very well against Pete Carroll. Now Matt Stafford's healthy. Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. I like the Rams in this side. I think the wrong team is favored. This Seahawks defense, I get, is is solid, but the passing game and the offense have struggled. The rushing game with Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, both have been a little inefficient later lately. I think the Rams should be favored in this matchup. Coming off a bye at home, I like them as a home underdog here. Against a Seattle team, they usually do very well against, especially with Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. Patrick, Mike could convince me to buy a lemon. I mean, I love it. He brings the enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go Rams. It, it's, it's, it's the tri- I'm telling you, it's the tri-state accent. He'll, he'll get you every time. He also likes the Rams, Seahawks, under 46 and a half. We'll move on from that one. The Texans. Are they legit, Mr. Randall? They're laying four and a half versus the Cardinals, and you do like the Texans in this spot. On what planet are we liking the Cardinals? Is Kyler Murray the second coming of Patrick Mahomes? What are we talking about here? If he didn't do that third down run where he goes back and forth and gets 15 yards, they lose to an Atlanta Falcons team without Grady Jarrett. That defense isn't even close to the Houston Texans. What is the argument here? The Cardinals are still 31st in defensive DBOA, so their defense stinks. I don't see this line. It's lines going up now. People are starting to catch up a little bit, and that's fine. C.J. Stroud, phenomenal. He's in the running for MVP. Forget rookie of the year. MVP. Nico Collins is back. Devin Singletary got the rushing game going. Enough with the Cardinals. Kyler Murray only completed 59% of his passes in that game against the Falcons. Now he's going on the road against Houston. Get out of here. Laying the points with the Texans against the Cardinals. Like it. Let's go Texans. Let's go Monday night. Great game in Kansas City. Eagles and Chiefs, obviously rematch of the Super Bowl. Great opportunity here for the Chiefs to kind of cement themselves in the AFC. Which side do you come out in this matchup? Oh, we're going with the Eagles, and I'm taking them as a money line underdog. This is the spot that Patrick Mahomes has struggled in his career. Home favorite up to a touchdown per bet layout, just 6-10, 37.5% against the spread. Guys, he's an astonishing 2-8 and eight in his last 10 games in these situations against the spread. Philadelphia more balanced. Philadelphia has a revenge factor. They have the better defense in my mind in terms of passing and running. The the Chiefs rushing attack is only 19th per DVOA, so it's not like they've been doing anything on the ground. But Isaiah Pacheco, we still are of recency bias. When he had that tremendous run against the Jets here in the Meadowlands, stomping on the ground like he's stomping on ants, that's really the last big run they had. There's still no wide receivers on the Chiefs. They need to use Rasheed Rice a lot more. But I'm going to take the Eagles here. Give me a couple points. That's fine. I got it three and a half, which I love. You want to tease it up. That's good, too. I think the Eagles went outright against a Chiefs team that is winning, but has not been as efficient as they were last year. Mike Randall, FTN Network Chief Content Officer. Make sure you check out FTN for all your fantasy and sports betting needs. You've got a bunch of college basketball plays, so we can continue to run the board here. Still got over four minutes to go, but just wanted to ask you, you've got the Ravens, Steve Smith, Uh, senior jersey behind you looks like Mark Andrews is going to miss the year Uh, I just curious on your take and the impact there on the Ravens 
Yeah, I think it matters. I think Isaiah likely can do a decent job filling in, and they're going to have to really use their passing game because, guys, one of the things that no one wants to talk about is that the Ravens under Todd Munkin have not been as prolific on an offense as we would like. However, you get into the playoffs, you want to have a rushing attack. They average 154.9 rushing yards per game. Ravens number one in the entire NFL. So losing Mark Andrews is a big deal. Likely has to step up. They have to change some things on offense here. But Gus Bus has been fantastic. You have Keaton Mitchell now, an explosive running back. I think they'll find a way to make it through. But that is a big blow because Jackson relies on Andrews when he needs a big catch. Go to college hoops here. I want to go to a game that involves an SEC team, and that's Texas A&M. They're hosting Oral Roberts today down at Reed Arena in College Station. They're laying a big number at 21 and a half. I think it's trickled down to 19 and a half. Uh, which side do you like in this one in this big uh, number here in this game? Texas A&M is going to pound Oral Roberts tonight, guys. Texas A&M is one of the best teams in college basketball. Buzz Williams still has a chip on his shoulder because they didn't make the tournament a couple years ago. They were predicted second in the SEC preseason poll right behind Tennessee. They are just as good as Tennessee, if not better. They lock you down on defense. They play at a slow pace. They don't turn the ball over. They're great on the offensive boards. They just beat SMU. A good SMU team is 3-0 coming in that game. They beat them by 13 on the road. They are going to pound Oral Roberts tonight. No Max A. Smith. He's now in Texas, 18 and 0 last year in the Summit League. Or Roberts, not this year. I think Texas A&M covers wins by 20 points, 20, 25 points, whatever the number is. I would lay it. Pat, Patrick, real okay. quick, they had a road win at yeah. Ohio State, and you look at this backcourt. Radford, Radford, and Wade are going to be tremendous in the SEC this year. Okay, wonderful. Let's keep it going. JMU just absolutely thriving right now in college athletics. Radford at James Madison. JMU's laying seven and a total of 149, Mike. Yeah, this JMU team finally ranked, and they should be. This team is legit. They are a problem with their guards. Mark Byington did a fantastic job. They were adjusting getting to the Sun Belt last year. They had some big wins early in the year, played well at Virginia. Then they struggled when they got into the, the, the conference tournament play. But this year, they look legit. The win at Michigan State, they follow that up. They have a fast-paced offense, and I love Radford. Radford's like a mini Virginia guys. They slow you down. They want to control the game. But if they get down big, they do not have the offense to come back. JMU at home on a Friday night against Radford. I'm laying the points here. I think the Dukes run away with it with a double-digit win. They are legit. This is a team that wants to make the tournament regardless of where they win the conference, and they're racking up big wins. Three-point shooters, pressure guards, and they have the pedigree and the coach to do it, laying the points here uh, against a Radford team who I like, just not in this spot. Yeah, and this is a team in JMU. When you look at the Dukes, great offensive team. College game day on campus this weekend. Should be a lot of enthusiasm there down in Virginia. Quickly want to ask you about one more game. Uh, Seminoles visit the O-Dome tonight, taking on their their rival, the Gators. Big number here in the rivalry, seven and a half, eight and a half, depending on where you get it for Florida State catching the points here. Rivalry game with the 70-year young Leonard Hamilton with Florida State. I am taking the points. These games are always close. Last couple games have been a Florida comfortable wins, but before that, Florida State dominated this rivalry here. They'll be up for this game. They can shoot the three. He has players healthy, which he didn't have last year, Leonard Hamilton. I am never laying eight, a point, eight and a half points in the Florida-Florida State rivalry here, especially when Florida State hasn't won the last couple of years. Good matchup, coaching matchup between Todd Golden, Leonard Hamilton, I'm taking old man, the wiser, Leonard Hamilton, plus the points here at Florida. <laughs> Randall the GOAT, Mike Randall, FTN Network. I hope the bosses are paying attention when Randall comes on because he is tremendous. At Randall Rant on Twitter. Check out everything FTN. Mike, have a good weekend and good luck, buddy. Thank you.
Thanks as always, guys. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> it cracks me up. I think it's the, I'm so used to that accent of all. Yeah. I can't get over it. it just I, I love up. the energy and the enthusiasm, right? Kate, he just yeah. got done speaking with Herm Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I've got that head coaching question for you guys coming back. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, depending splits, money and bets for every game, updated every five minutes straight from DraftKings over at vsin.com. You get today's games and future events as well. It's by far our popular tool, most popular tool when you become a vsin pro. vsin.com slash subscribe. Go to vsin.com for the betting splits. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Coming up in about 29 minutes, our buddy and colleague Mike Samich will join. He's got plenty of plays, and we will run the NFL board, whether it's an official play or a lean for every game in the NFL this week 11. But we're having a little fun. We are talking about, again, the big guy always inspiring me. Yesterday told me he was a big Herm guy. Herm Edwards got me thinking, okay, well, if you're a big Herm guy, put your money where your mouth is, big guy, because I'm going to ask you two questions, two-parter. If you were starting a franchise today, you had to pick one of the 32, who would you guys take as far as starting your franchise as a head coach? Sirianni for Amal Shaw, Mike McDaniel for the big guy, and I went with Sean McVay, okay? Now we go historically. Again, your answer can be who you gave originally. That can be the guy you want to move forward with. Or you can dip into the past alive or dead. This is really going to test the big guy's a statement that he is indeed a, quote, big Herm guy. Because Herm is on the board for Dustin Sweetelson. But we start with Amal Shaw. It really came down to a couple of guys. I'm going to give you a list of guys I was contemplating. Jimmy Johnson was on that list. Bill Parcells and Vince Lombardi. I just didn't know enough about Vince Lombardi to really speak There's on like that. There's like four teams in the league. He's yeah. the most overrated so, coach of all time. That's fine. But uh, the other one I was considering before, Jeez. it kind of came down to these two guys. It was between my guy that I selected and Matt Eberflus. I chose not to go with Eberflus this week. I just want to see how things play out against Detroit. Uh, but other than that, I'm going with the man who perfected and started the West Coast offense as we know it, Bill Walsh. Won three Super Bowls with the Niners. Five of his last six years won the division in San Francisco. He's just a tremendous coach. He left George Seifert a Super Bowl title, and he allowed Seifert to wind up with two Super Bowls there. He was just a great, great coach. And by the way, made one of the great selections in the history of the National Football League. Took a young, unknown receiver out of Mississippi Valley State by the name of Jerry Rice, who ended up becoming, for my money, one of the greatest football players and the greatest wide receiver of all time. Okay, Bill Walsh. Certainly a tremendous selection for Amal Shaw all time. He's starting a franchise today. Got to pick a coach. Big guy, you're up. Considered another 49ers head coach, more recent though, more progressive, and I think he actually got a raw deal in Jim Tom Sula, but didn't end up going with him. Um, <laughs> also debated laugh. Ben McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. Um, no, Parcells was in the mix for me. Obviously, Chuck Knoll was in the list for me, but before my time, uh, Parcells wasn't. But I, I actually think Parcells was a better talent evaluator than he was like a tactician as a coach. Uh, I'm gonna go with a guy who died. And I, I can't figure out when he died. It's really tough to tell because there is a body double masquerading as him these days. So if I could go back to like 2003 when this guy was 51 years old and according to Men's Health Magazine, 50 is when men reach their mental peak. 
That's when they're their strongest mentally. And I think this guy was at his strongest mentally. He was most passionate about the job. And he was far and away the best coach in the NFL. And he allowed a sixth-round draft pick a few years earlier to develop into a superstar because his defense was so dominant that that guy just had to manage the game to win a bunch of Super Bowls. So I'm going to go back to the artist we formerly knew as Bill Belichick in the early 2000s as my past head coach. Sorry, I just fell into a, I fell into a trance. What'd you say? <laughs> what, what, what was that middle part? That was insane, but very entertaining. I'm just playing. You're going prime Belichick. In his 50s. Look, he's 70-something years old. I think all of our parents are close to 70. Like you're not you're not ascribing to the idea that even in his 50s he had Tom Brady? Uh, I'm no no, I'm saying that he created Tom Brady. No, His think, organization created Tom Brady. I him think taking Mo the Lewis chance created him. Tom Brady in that first Super Bowl was a game manager. <laughs> okay, big guy. Bill Belichick for the big guy. Certainly can't go wrong. And I think you were right about pa Parcells. Although the success, if you just look at the championships and all that's not there, but I think he should be in the conversation. Um, I'll tell you something that you guys are both going to crush me for. My original selection is part of the mix because I'm trying to tell you Herm in Edwards. such a short window, <laughs> McVay, what he did starting at 32 and just being 37, I think he is the modern-day Bill Walsh. But I am going to agree with them all. My kind of growing up and just I thought he was smarter than everybody. We don't have to get into the West Coast in particular, but Donk Seifert won a championship with his leftovers. Well, okay, That is – go ahead. And then Montana and Young? Joe Montana's a third-round right. pick. That's fair. They were pretty good. No, 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 and, no, no, no. I'm, but, I, but I'm saying able to just go between no, them. But can't, doesn't it lend more of an yes. argument? And I know, again, to be fair, Amal, I know you're a big golf guy. But <laughs> McVeigh has done all this with Jared Goff and then Matt Stafford, who couldn't win anything for, what, 14 years in Detroit? Like, oh. I'm trying to say... I think McVeigh is – I think we're watching a modern-day genius, and your point is well taken. Will his interests start to wane as far as head coaching? But it was between McVeigh, and I'm not even being facetious, and Walsh, and I'll go Walsh just for posterity's sake. No, you, you make a compelling argument. The only thing I will say is with Matt Stafford, he got – I thought he was a really good quarterback in Detroit. There have been four players for me in Detroit – whose careers were just absolutely wasted. Matthew Stafford, obviously we all know Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and I'm going to go back a little bit further, Herman Moore. I thought Herman Moore at his height was as good as anybody in the totally NFL. Agree. He, he was unbelievable. Um, totally agree, but here's what I want to say about Stafford. Even after winning a championship, nobody had him in, his, in their top five. That's fair. I don't, I don't disagree with you there, but I think part of the problem is the longevity and the loyalty that he showed to the Lions was not reciprocated. I thought he was a better quarterback than he was given credit for. It's hard. You know, look, C.J. Stroud has played well. But if C.J. Stroud was not given a team that has developed defensively not a coach like D'Amico Ryans around him, I don't think you'd look at him the same way. I think Matthew Stafford was always in a scenario where those teams were just never good enough. I totally agree. I'm just saying to Maul and to you, Big Donk, this is McVay doing it with Goff. And Stafford with Rodgers in his prime, Mahomes in his prime, Brady still playing in his prime. Like, 
He's doing this. He's doing more with less, and I expect him to carry that over. If he were to be into it, Amal brings up a great point. He might not be into it, but if he's into it for another 20 years, I, I think I might have to take McVay, and I'm talking all time. It sounds crazy, but I, that's where I'm at. No, like, they're 3-6 and six right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like they've played so much better than that because I, I had such low expectations, I agree. especially for how much this offense has to make up for this defense. And what we're seeing with McVeigh is the way he's always believed that he could create anyone into a, into a stud running back. That just goes back to learning under the Shanahan's. But now he's turning another receiver into another Cooper Cup in Puka Nakua. Like, he just knows how to design things based on the talent he has to get the most out of them. I agree. There's a chance that Sean McVeigh for, for 20 years could go on a run as one of the greats of all time. Also, you know what's funny is we all talked about how great Tomlin is, and none of us picked Tomlin. So we I, all had two. We all had two choices. I wanted to choose Tomlin, but I just I think the days of not being tied to the system and being an offensive head coach, like there's a ceiling for Tomlin, right? I think that's the issue you yeah. see with Pittsburgh is there's a floor and there's a ceiling. Really high floor, really low ceiling. So what you're dealing with is a team that's consistently going to make the playoffs, but never be bad enough to get you those game-changing changing offensive players in the draft. I, I agree with your point on Tomlin. I would include Harbaugh in that mix. Those guys seem interchangeable to me. Tomlin got to Pittsburgh in 07. Harbaugh gets to Baltimore in 08. Both have a single Super Bowl victory and give them credit for that. Uh, but, you know, I think your play on McVay is a good one. When you look at it, two Super Bowls in four years, this team kind of mortgaged the future a little bit. That's why you see the downturn in the last two seasons. But it is very impressive because, let's be real here, outside of Jeff Fisher, nobody thought he was inheriting a Bentley. I mean, this was a car that was on the scrap heap when he took over in Los Angeles. And he really turned things around. And I think to your point, Patrick, which is very well made, his disposition, his personality, I think one of the things that gets overlooked, and this is where John Harbaugh is so good, it's not just about being an X's nose guy. It's about management and personality of yes. people. We talk about with Bruce Bochy when the Rangers won his fourth World Series as a manager. It's not just about the bullpen, but can you manage the people and the personalities? I think McVay does that as well as anybody. The one thing I have to give McVay credit, I've never seen, even when the Rams have struggled the last year and a half, I've never seen Sean McVay in an interview be contentious or combative no. with a reporter. Now, you may have, Dustin, you watch no, more no, tape. No, 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 Patrick has the story about when we went and saw him in person. Well, can I, no, can I, may I just say this? I, and Amal, you might agree with me. I think the I think wisdom comes with life experience sure. and you accumulate wisdom. And I, I'm just speaking as a human being. I got into my 40s and I felt like I, ha I had started to feel at my peak as far as um, intelligence, wisdom, all that kind of stuff. He's a child. Like he was 32 when yeah. he went to his super Super Bowl. Like I'm saying the, the best may be yet to come. I, guess. I, I do have concerns that he had a child, though. I feel like people don't take their career serious after they have kids. It's part of just being a human. Like that's <laughs> can't focus on you can't focus on what the defense is going to show you when you're feeding the baby at 2 a.m. Maybe he chooses not to be a great parent. He just chooses to be a great coach. Yeah, maybe he's normal and ignores <laughs> the kid. <laughs> If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. On a football Friday, last hour of the week. Next week, we head into Thanksgiving week here, not just on Sharp Money, but VEASAN. We welcome you back. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to welcome in our colleague here at VEASAN. Also, our good friend, Mike Samich, VEASAN host and analyst. The handle on weekends, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. SOMOBOMB18 on Twitter. And he joins us now. He's got a bunch of notes. He also has a great new article up over at vcin.com. He's grinding about the AFC. I've been talking all week. It's going to take at least 10 wins to get you in in the AFC, Samich. But maybe we should start with your comment when we first said hi to you, which is you've noticed over the last two hours a bit of a salty vibe on Sharp Money today. Yeah, we got to bring the positivity up here, boys. I know it was a rough evening. I know you lost Burrow, which hurts that Super Bowl future, but we got to still stay positive. We've got plenty of time left here in the NFL season. We can get on someone else for the Super Bowl if we need to. And the AFC playoff race, I think, has become very interesting here over the last couple of days. We've got the Watson news. We've got the Burrow news. The Bills are struggling. It really opens up for some interesting teams to be able to make a playoff run here in the last uh, eight weeks or so of the season. You know, Amal, that's that is spoken like a guy. Like we were set to make forty thousand dollars. Samich finds that in his couch after a weekend of horse racing betting. So, like that is a very cavalier attitude towards three guys that just lost out on forty thousand dollars. No offense, but screw you, Mike Samich. <laughs> 
I get it. You only lost a thousand dollars. Okay, let's be fair here. You only had a thousand, and really, it was a free roll anyway. I'm not sure the <laughs> yeah, Bengals are winning true. the Super Bowl with or without Burrow. So let's uh, let's let's pump the brakes a little hey, bit. Hey, there. Mike, stop with the negativity. We knew they were winning <laughs> the Super Bowl. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Stop with the negativity. However, we should talk about it. And I mentioned the article. Um, let's discuss what did transpire last night. Now, Baltimore looked very good. Lamar looked great. Thursday night, it's a mess. Looks like Mark Andrews is going to be out for the year. I don't know how you adjust the Ravens with that miss. And there's a little example. We can throw it up while Samich is talking about his article in vcin.com if you want to go check it out. But also, you know, Cincinnati's done. So what does the Burrow miss do for the rest of the AFC here? I think it really opens things up. So when I wrote it this morning, we hadn't had the Burrow news breaking, so they were off the board. But to me, they wouldn't have been a playoff team anyway. And it's really interesting when you break it down, there's currently about 14 teams that are live in this playoff race, four and five or better in the AFC. You've got four locks here, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Jags, and the Dolphins are all making it. So it's really who are going to be the other three teams. Uh, I wrote in an article earlier this year, I took Houston plus 140 to make the playoffs. They're in minus 125. I think they're in a great position with the rest of their schedule. And, and the interesting part about this as well is if you look at the far column over on the right here, strength of schedule, you've got four teams that have the top five toughest schedules in the NFL left. And that's the Raiders, Bengals, Bills, and Chargers. So if you eliminate those four as well, it leaves you with the Jets, the Broncos, the Colts, the Texans, the Browns, and the Steelers, who would be the other three playoff teams here from the AFC. And, you know, the Steelers have had issues, been outgained in all nine games. The Browns now without their quarterback. It really leaves it wide open to take some shots here if you want to go after someone at a big number to make the playoffs. But what surprised me is when I went through this, the Broncos down there at plus 550, I think, actually have some value because of how the schedule plays out. They've got one game where they'll be a, a dog of three points or more. Everything else is coin flips for them. They've been good the last three games on this win streak. It's been dominated by turnovers. They've taken the ball away 10 times, only turned it over twice. It's hard to continue that, which is the one concern there. But those last two seasons in the AFC are absolutely wide open now with everything that's gone on the last week. I would agree with Mike. When you look at it, I think the teams that you projected to get in are going to get in. And I love your plan, the Texans. I think this team is very much alive for the division. We talked about Joe, uh, excuse me, uh, Trevor Lawrence having an issue with his knee. This Jaguars team did not look competitive against the San Francisco 49ers. When you look at the Houston Texans, they seem like they're peaking Mike at the right time. Yeah, the Texas team's playing really good football. I think the C.J. Stroud MVP love, little outlandish. He's not getting that award. I would not get involved in him now. I think D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year is the more likely award there. And it's highly unlikely they win coach of the year, offensive rookie of the year and MVP all in the same squad that would be fighting for, let's say, the fifth spot in the AFC, maybe getting a division win when you have teams like the, you know, the Ravens and the Philadelphia Eagles on the other side who are more likely to get a one seed, more likely to produce an MVP from that point. But from a playoff perspective, this Houston team has a very, very good road. I'm projecting you need to be nine and eight to get in as the seven seed because of everything that's happened in the AFC the last couple of weeks. And Houston right now sitting there at five and four has a very good shot of getting to that nine and eight mark. I, they could even win 10 or 11 games here, depending on how it breaks out. So Houston, I think at minus 125 is actually my best bet from the column to make the playoffs because I think that's the easiest route. And they're in the best position currently to do so. Just the 31st hardest schedule coming home here. Good spot to be a Houston Texans fan. Patrick, just a and quick follow. Sorry. Please, go ahead. Just a quick follow-up with Mike. I think you bring up an excellent point. It's going to be hard for them to win the trio of Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and MVP. But here's my pushback on Stroud. 
He's second in yardage if you want to go from a statistical standpoint. Nobody else is close to him in fewest interceptions when you look at uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, of course, Patrick Mahomes, seven, eight interceptions for those guys. And I get the value that Mahomes and Hurts have for each individual team, but he doesn't have a Travis Kelsey. He doesn't have an A.J. Brown or a Devontae Smith with him. The Houston Texans, Texans were picking number two for a reason. This guy comes in, and within nine weeks, he's thrown for more touchdown passes than Deshaun Watson has thrown for two years in Cleveland. I think this guy deserves a ton of credit for where this team is at simply because of what he's done. And we said one thing, other, other thing, Mike, on Sunday, when they got the ball against the uh, Bengals with, I don't remember how much time, a minute and change, and they had to go about 50 yards to get in field goal range. We didn't know if the kicker was going to make it because he was uh, Amendola was filling in for Kaimi Fairbairn. But we had no doubt, we said on Monday, all three of us thought they were getting into field goal range. That's nine games into an NFL career to have that kind of confidence in a young player. I don't disagree with you that he's been phenomenal. But we have to remember these are awards that are going to be voted on. And people just generally do not gravitate toward giving that many awards to a single team. I think it's going to be very difficult for him to get the votes. And, you know, the MVP argument, if we take Mahomes off Kansas City, what's their record, right? It's the same argument you could make if you take C.J. Stroud off Houston. What's their record going to be? Both are going to be pretty bad football teams. So it's hard to argue that, you know, Stroud, who, let's say, gets the team at 9-8 and eight or 10-7 and seven into the playoffs, deserves to be MVP when you have another team that is sitting there and goes, let's say, 13-4, and 12-5, and five, right, is the number one seed in their conference. So to me, it's tough to overcome that. And on the scary drive factor, I was a Seattle backer last week. I was scared of Sam Howell to go down and score a touchdown when they were down yeah. seven as well. So sometimes you got to take a little bit of grain of salt there because Sam Howell is a scary quarterback when you're trying to, to, to make sure they get a stop to not cover. So I'm not going to just use that simple uh, factor when I'm looking at MVP. Now, since the third hour of sharp money is sponsored by positivity, big guy, I'd like to <laughs> nod my cap to you. You said yesterday, you think nine wins can get you in, in the AFC. Samich agrees with you. I poo-pooed it and said, no, it's going to be 10. So I would just like to say, I'm sorry. Um, I was just saying that to hold on hope to the Bengals. I didn't really think that. It was my way of justifying our 40-1 to ticket and riding it all the way through that they could somehow lose to Baltimore. But as soon as Joe Burrow lost his wrist... Uh, that's when everything went up in flames. So anything I said yesterday cannot be taken seriously. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting so many words from you. I was just more expecting you to recognize that I was being the magnanimous person and just really wanted to make that about me apologizing I to you. I think you're really trying to make up for being really mean to me in the first hour of the show. I I'll think that's mean? what's happening. Oh, a little something called entertaining. Look it up, big guy. Uh, speaking of being um, mean, I thought Amal was going to say he liked the Jets 5-1 to one to make the playoffs because Mike, <laughs> Mike, we've all been there. I would, oh, take, we, I would take them at a minus number we, right now. We've all been there. And I, when I'm watching them all deal with this, I feel like I do this a lot more in baseball than I do in football. Yes. Where there's a team that you believe is just better than the, than the market suggests, and you can't quit them even though you've been wrong a million times. Yeah, Samich has got two of them. Oh, Seahawks and the Packers. The Packers. <laughs> Seahawks and the Packers. Right, Samich? Hey, I've faded the Packers the last two weeks, okay? I you have turned that train around. I'm you have. I turned that battleship in a bathtub and gone against that Packers team the last couple weeks. Looking forward to running the board because I may be going against them again this I, week. Just a little okay. hint there. I, uh, and I, I'm the Jets' playoff number. Yeah. You're getting plus 500 right now. They've got the Bills and the Dolphins the next two weeks. If you actually think yeah. the Jets have a shot, wait two weeks, and you're going to get a number that's 10 to 1 or higher because they're most likely going to lose the next two games. 
Well, Good the one. only thing is I think they need to win those games to have a chance, right? Because their best way is to beat the division opponents. That's that's the only way to get in there. By the way, i got to give Salmich credit for one thing, though. He threw Jordan Love out of a moving car. I mean, yeah, I mean just no, literally. Oh, like, yeah. We got on the freeway, looked yeah. around, he goes, everybody's sleeping? Let me just, where did Jordan Love go? I, I thought know, I the same he thing. I, the rest, I, last rest I literally thought, I literally thought, I hope his wife isn't listening to this segment because it could potentially, I mean, the way that he just turned on Love <laughs> was almost alarming. Uh, it was Wow. It's, like, we're friends, and now I'm hey. worried about our friendship <laughs> moving forward because he can cut you out just like you, that. That was rough. You got to be able to admit when you're wrong, when you're betting. And I was wrong about Jordan Love, and I'm okay with that because I've cashed against him the last two weeks. So totally fine to pivot when you're betting. Is the word disconcerting okay. or disconcerning? Is it an N or a T? With a T, big guy. With that's a T. stupid because it, it sounds like concern, so it should be an N. Concert doesn't. That's not a word anyone uses. Uh, okay, it's but disconcerting I to me to hear that because T's for later when we run the board. I think there's a great prop on Jordan Love this week. Okay. Hey, quick mm. before we go to break, fellas, I did something yesterday. Let's go across the board. Dustin, we'll start with you. I put out my Christmas tree on November 16th. Was it too soon? No, you're supposed to do it the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, so it is too so, soon. Yes, yeah. so your answer is yeah. yes, it was too soon, you yeah. big donk. Uh, Mike Samich, yesterday, you got a family. I put my tree out already. Too soon? I'm going to go no because you live alone. So you can really do whatever you want. And, and so I'm, I'm going to say no because you don't have the family. With someone with a daughter, yeah, that would have been way too soon. It's way too much excitement, way too early. I, I would have gone with the November 1st answer. I like when people have their Christmas lights up early. Uh, yeah, I just like the lights, but it's so funny that Samich said that. As I was dragging it out of the closet, I thought, it doesn't matter. It's just me. I can do whatever the hell I want. So who cares? You're 100% right. We're going to come back with some more. We'll get back to the college football with old Samich here on Sharp Money. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 